Hey guys, I'm your host Smita Kanturi and welcome to Journey Podcast, your weekly podcast on transformational journeys. Hello everyone. Today I have a dear guest by name uh, Mim Parisi. She is a boxing and fighter mindset coach. She helps women like herself using their trauma to be strong, successful, feel empowered and alive. Using boxing, she have been empowering women globally since 2007. I want her to talk about her story in her words. and she's gone she has gone through a lot in childhood trauma being molested and being going through a sexual abuse or domestic abuse i leave the platform to her to talk about her story to where she started and what she's doing today and why is this important to her and why she chose boxing to be a channel for her to come out of these traumas thank you for being on the show welcome mimi thank you very much for having me it's exciting you. to speak to someone else around the world so very exciting thank you thank you so yeah please go ahead and share your story from where you started how this became your life and why you are helping other women to come out of these struggles and what is that you exactly do with them please okay. um so i have probably lived um first of all trauma can be seen as lots of different things um a long time ago people used to say that word trauma for people that would um see death or go to war or something that people would think oh, I was really severe um uh, but in actual fact trauma is just some amount of stress that is put on some person that they can't cope with yes. um so some people's trauma can be quite small insignificant um i mean like compared to other people's mm. um and i deal with those women as well and those women might sometimes come to me and go oh my trauma is so in- insignificant compared to yours um but it's, that's not where it lies it's I'm a big believer you were given um God gives you what you are able to handle. Mm. Um and I was able to handle obviously a lot of trauma so it was given to me and and here I am now sharing my story. Um so first of all yes I do work with women that have been through trauma like myself. Mm. Um the traumas I've been through are, are quite varied so I I tend to make a a connection with a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Um those connections come from shared experiences. some of those experiences like you said um for me have been um sexual abuse um i was sexually abused from the ages of 7 to 11 by a family member um and then you know i i've i've witnessed domestic violence within my family um and then i guess allowed that to creep into my own um adult relationships at some point Mm. and then realizing that i was just allowing that chain to flow on and allowing that connection and allowing that hold from my past to continue my future mm. um and i really had to think to myself well is this the the path i want to take and is this how i want to demonstrate for my daughters um the life that, that i want them to have and um i really had to practice what i preach you know what i mean like i i had to actually put in place the things that i was saying um for other people to do that the, the things that i was doing in my fighting career um and boxing i had to apply that to my everyday life um mm. so i could be a role model for my for all my all three of my children mm. so when you mentioned you have gone through something bad in your childhood first off sorry that you have gone through that have you ever shared that with your parents at those ages or like have you ever shared even afterwards to your parents or anybody in your family Yes, I didn't share that trauma of the sexual abuse until the perpetrator had passed away. So I actually held on to that information 
um, and, and held it close to me until um, I think I was 30 years old. So quite older. Um, and I decided not to share that information because I was trying to protect the people around me. Mm. Um, even from such a young age, I knew um, that by me sharing that information, that maybe my, my dad, especially at that time when I was younger, he would get really angry and maybe hurt that man and therefore go to jail mm. um, again. So I was trying to protect the people around me from getting into trouble. Um, so I kind of held it in. Um, I didn't tell anyone, but then, as I said, when he did pass away, something came up um, and I just felt that I couldn't um, keep it a secret any longer. Um, the actual story behind that was um, my family members were asked to um, carry the coffin out of the church mm. and I couldn't allow that to happen. It didn't feel right that my brothers and my father would be carrying a coffin out of the church to a man that had done that to me. So it was either allow that to happen and really go against all my boundaries um, and my core values or I'm going to have to stand up for myself and, and say what's true. And um, I did that. And, you know, I've really, never really looked back in the sense where um, it was like a relief. Um, mm. Everything was out in the open and nothing, you know, everyone, my, my family was so supportive. If anything, they were, you know, why didn't you tell me earlier, et cetera. Mm. So is this person close to your family, a family member or something? Yes, family member. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, you started right. your journey from there and what happened to you in the school while you're at school? You mentioned like, yeah, you have been through a lot of bullying. Many traumas, yeah. So with, the, with that there, as I said, it was kind of laid to rest when he passed away and it was something that I was at peace with. Um, but as I said, that wasn't in, until my 30s when I, I was already um, had started boxing at that time. So my head was in a different space. My mindset was in a different space. I was really quite strong already to be able to say that and do that. Um, at that time, I was already in, in a good headspace. I was fighting, um, you know, I was, my mindset was already getting quite strong. So I was able to do that. But before that time, when I was in my teenage years, I moved from um, Melbourne and then we moved further out closer to the beach. Um, and, and at that point, um, there weren't very many Europeans in the area. Um, so I started going to high school here and um, I was massively bullied um, at high school for being what is known to be a wog. Um, some people don't even know what that word means, which mm. is great. Um, but my, like my daughter, she doesn't even know what it means, um, which I think is fantastic that in today's age, they don't even know that word that gave me so much hell when I was a teenager. That word that made me feel so shit, like that word that just, was horrible um yeah. and that wasn't that long ago you know i'm 38 this was when i was 15 what's that 15 17 years ago or something um and now she doesn't even know that word so we have come a long way but going back to that time in my life moving to an area where there were all um no, no europeans going to a school and just daily getting bullied and, and harassed for, for being european for being a wog um to the point where people would not just be verbally they'd be physically um abusive with me um, and groups getting physically physically abusive with me and beating me up and, and stuff. Mm. Um, and my after school every day, I would jump in the car and I would be upset, um, crying and, and that kind of stuff. And 
obviously as a parent, I can feel that pain now because if it was my child getting in the car yes. like that, I would be devastated. So my parents seeing it day in and day out and, and again and again and again and not knowing what to do. Um, my father comes from not a violent background, but, you know, they, they look after themselves. They're, they're, they're street smart and, and that kind of stuff. And um, he said to him, Mim, he goes, you're going to have to sort it out. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you're going to have to really stand up for yourself. He goes, they're not going to stop unless you stand up for them yourself. Mm. I said, I, I do. I tell him, he goes, it's not enough. He goes, you're going to have to beat the fuck yeah. out of the head girl. I yep. said, what do you mean? He, uh, I can't do it. He goes, of course you can. He goes, of course you can. You've got Parisi blood in you. You're strong. You're this. And he, he you know, really revved me up and he gave me enthusiasm and he gave me some confidence and he gave me some some like grunt I guess mm. and and um I wasn't not scared but I, I had that little bit more confidence to approach this girl the following day um and the following day I did approach her and my dad was there because you know he wanted to make sure I wasn't going to get totally beaten up or attacked it wasn't going to get out of control I guess that's why he was there and he's like, go, do it. And I got out of the car and I did it, you know, and I beat her and, and, I, and I hit her and, and I don't condone violence. Let me just put that out there now. You know right. what I mean? I, I absolutely, and I don't condone it even with my children now. However, the moral of the story is it took me being confident and standing up for myself and hitting this girl for the bullying to stop. Yes. And it stopped. And then I started to think to myself, well, these people are just gutless. They're really, um, they have no courage. It's only when they're in a group that they've got a big mouth to really put other people down. And I'm like, I can do this. I'm not going to be the victim to their bullying anymore. And things just changed. And again, mm. that, that thing in my head just changed. And I, and I didn't walk like a victim after that day. Mm. I walked with my chest proud. It's not to say that that didn't come with its own issues because it did. So it changed things in my mindset. And it changed me being the victim of their bullying because I stood a bit more proud and a little bit more confident in my own shoes. Um, and it did stop. But on the, on the negative side to physical violence is I was then taken from my family home and put into foster care. Hmm. So I was taken out of my home, put into foster care because my father was there and he kind of instigated the fight. Okay. Okay. So that was seen that you know that's not a good parental judgment and he shouldn't have allowed that and it shouldn't have happened so they took me into foster care um at, at that time they also looked into other things and investigated other things and they found out that yes my father had been domestically abusing my mother mm. um sometimes um and i say sometimes because my father was an, a really and he, a really proud um i'm very humbled by him he had a presence he was very much like me um but he did find drugs at some point in his life. And mm. at those points in his life, that's when he became violent. Mm. Um, and I've seen that time and time again, you know, even my ex-partner, he was a great guy. But then when he would use drugs, it's like they're not in their right mind and they're not mm. a great guy anymore. Mm. Um, but that's periods of their life. So I really speak of my father really quite highly with a lot of respect, um, even though I did witness um, mm. domestic violence within my home. Mm. Um, and I guess that's a, a, that's a different mindset in, in itself because a lot of people that see their father or mother um, in domestic violence situations lose respect for that parent. Well, I really don't. I really haven't mm. um, because I knew, I knew the why behind it. Um, I had seen him 
without the drug abuse. Mm. So, yeah, so the bullying was sort of sorted out because I managed to stand up for myself uh, and be confident in my own shoes. And my dad gave me the courage to do that and he gave me the confidence to do that. Um, was it the right thing to do? Probably not because, you know, we don't endorse violence. And like I said, I don't do that with my children. Um, and, and there was, you know, a negative response to that. Um, but everything is a learning curve. Everything. Even me going to foster care was a learning curve um, for me and my family. So it how is what it you, is. How long were you in that foster care? Not long. Not long. Something like oh, 10 weeks. Okay. So yes. what did living out of your family, being in the foster care, taught to you there? It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. If anything, and I don't know what, for me and my experiences, and I can only speak from those, um, going to foster care was much worse than being at home. Like I was put into a foster care family where mm. there were five other foster kids that were teenagers and they were all, and one woman, um, and everyone was smoking drugs um, every night. No one was forced to go to school. Mm. Um, there wasn't a family meal to sit down with every night. These are all things that I had at home. I had my mum, the mm. good Italian mum, preparing mm. every meal of every day, coming home to family dinner. Everyone sat down at the table together, me, my dad, my brothers. Um, we had so much structure. There was no drugs that I was aware of. You mm. know, I was 15 at that time. I wasn't aware if my dad was on drugs or not at that time. I was very naive, like most, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-olds. Mm. Um, and for me, that was just, like a slap in the face mm. i'm like why have i been taken from my happy home into this disaster mm. because i had a fight with a girl you know what i mean and stood up for myself mm. um so that was really um it was really tough um but obviously i got to go home and, and like i said i can only speak from my personal experiences yeah. i'm sure there are other kids that um their foster family and their foster um is a lot better Mm. than their, their life at home and I'm sure of that but for me it wasn't the case it mm. certainly wasn't mm. um, and I was very grateful to go home oh yeah. good okay. <laughs> so after you went home and when did you start dating and what happened after you met somebody in your life um, so I had a very um, good husband we met at a young age and, and we were married for a long time um, and together for a long time, 16 years to be precise. Um, and he was a great guy. Um, our, our marriage ended for other personal reasons. Um, you know, people grow apart and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but after that, my ex-husband, I did meet uh, a man and he was using drugs, which again, being naive, I didn't, I wasn't aware. I thought he just matched my um, capacity of energy and psychoness. Um, naturally, like me, um, but little did I know that it was actually drugs that would get him those um, adrenaline like I would have. Um, and yeah, and then at that point, uh, he was violent with me and he would, you know, grab me from my neck and pin me up against the wall and stuff. And um, he, he punched me several times. But his his comment to that was, oh, but you're a boxer. I thought you'd be able to handle it. And I'm just like, well, I'm a boxer and I'm a fighter in the ring. I don't expect to box and fight in my 
relationship. Yeah. You know, that that's my job, that's my sport, that's my my passion. I don't want that from a partner. Um, so that was his sort of, oh, I thought you could handle it. And at that point I'm like, you know what, I don't want to handle it from that from my you know, relationship partner. Mm. Um and yeah, the the relationship ended. Um and, and it was not a nice ending like my, my ex husband. It was not a nice ending, but I did have the strength um to end it and to say, you know what, I'm not I'm more than this. I'm not gonna put up with this. I'm not gonna allow my daughters because I only had daughters at that time. I'm not gonna allow my daughters to um see this happening and let them know that this is okay to live like that. And I guess that was one of the main things. There are probably probably a few things that got me out of there when, when it did. Um, one was thinking of my daughters and the kind of life I want them to lead. Um, number two were my clients, because I was already owning a boxing gym, um, mainly women. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to lie to them. I didn't want to go to work with a black eye and say, oh yeah, that was from sparring. Um, I had done that once and I didn't want to do it again. Mm. So I didn't want to lie, lie to my, my ladies because I call them my ladies because we're a very small community. Um, and number three, I didn't want that for me. I knew I was worth more. I'm like, no way. No mm-hmm. way am I staying here. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, I'm worth so much more than that. And I've been through so much. Yeah. And I've still got so much more to go through that mm. life's going to give me. And these are my choices. Yeah. And I choose not to be the victim anymore. I choose not to be the victim of anyone that yeah that that was taken from me and I always go back to this even though I say it doesn't affect me but mm. it does mm. that choice was taken from me when I was seven eleven seven eight nine ten eleven years old yeah. when I was young that choice was taken from me then that power was taken from me never again from the age of 13 when I started getting bullied was was I going to allow someone to take my power and take my freedom and mm. take my choices Amazing. So, yeah. How did you start boxing in your life and what kind of a path or like confidence that it has given to you to stand up for yourself? Oh, massively. And that's why I, I teach a fighter's mindset now and I coach women in mindset and, and that headspace you need to be in to be a fighter, but also the physical side of boxing too. So not only let's talk about your head, mm. but let's get physically in shape and physically strong so that way we feel confident yeah. um, and we walk with our chest proud and when we walk with our chest proud, well, we're less likely to be a victim. Um, you know what I mean? So when did so, you start having, uh, getting into boxing? What age so were you? I, I was much older. Um, I was 28-ish. I want to say 28-ish. Mm. Um, and I started because I had had two daughters with my ex-husband um, and I was overweight and I wanted to lose weight so I went to a mainstream gym mm. and when I say a mainstream gym just like a gym you yeah. know and they run some classes yeah. and some of them they got bike classes in this class and that class and they had a boxing class mm. and so I went there and it was just like a boxer size where you kind of box and you run and you punch sideways and you punch sideways and it was more almost dancing and boxing put together Anyway, I, I started doing that and I did enjoy it and it was fun. Um, but I found quite quickly that I wanted to punch hard and it wasn't really that kind of scenario. 
So after a very short amount of time, I, I went home and I said to my brother, and one of my brothers was boxing at the time, fighting. I said, oh, I started boxing at this gym and I was all excited. And he just had a bit of a, a chuckle, a bit of a giggle. He's like, that's not boxing. I'm like, yes, it is. And I got all fired up and defensive. And um, he goes, that's not boxing. He goes, you want to learn a box? Come with me to my, my gym. It's a fighting gym. So I went there with him and I put gloves on and I, I did a couple of rounds in the ring with his, his coach. And um, after just a couple of rounds, his coach came and put his arm around my neck and, and got me in close. And he goes, you know what, Mim? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're really good. He goes, I think you might be better than your brother. Mm. And now I don't know if he was bluffing me just to give me a bit of a confidence boost or whatever. But you know what? The one person that I say has influenced my life the most is that coach, which none of us know even where he is anymore. So he's not in my life, definitely anymore, that, that specific coach. But he has made the biggest impact in my life because he believed in me. Those simple words, hey, Mim, you're really good at this, was enough for me. Whether they were true or not, I don't know. Yeah. But they were enough for me to go, oh, I'm good at something. Someone thinks I'm good at something. And it, again, it gave me that little confidence kick that my yeah. dad gave me 15 years before or something mm. and I'm like, oh, maybe maybe and it just lit a flame inside me and then I started training you know like real training not mm. exercise like headgear on sparring mouth guards blood noses mm. um, hitting the bag as hard as I could um, that kind of training and with that of course there were elements of fear and one of my core values is fearlessness and I value fearlessness because if you can conquer your fear or mm. manage to hit your fear head on or do something, even though you're scared, you're going to grow from that. Mm. And that's what I did every time. I walked into a boxing gym. There were all men there predominantly. I was scared. I was scared. I don't know. I'm not going to die, obviously, when you're boxing. But I was scared. You know, I might get my nose broken. I might look like an idiot. I might not be prepared enough. I might not win. You have all these fears. But yep. I did it. And I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I kept getting better. And that growth mindset, yeah. I do it, I'm scared, I do it, I got better. Yes. I did it, I was scared, I got better. And it just kept going. And then I applied that to my business model and I applied that to my finance model and I applied that to every element of my life and it gets me to where I am today. Awesome. And I guess and I think I'm successful. You know, I've been a single mother of three for a period, uh, you know, periods of my life. Um, I've owned a business since the age of 20. I've not worked for someone since the age of 24 um, or 23. You know, and and it's that fighter's mindset that I can really say that just kept me going. Like it, it really built character. Mm. It built character. Nice. Nice. And then I learned also how to use the, the, the trauma, the shit that happened to me. I used that as fuel. It's like I wasn't afraid to be angry. It's like I'm angry. Yes. Oh, I'm angry. But what do I do with that anger? I can either sit in it and be angry and depressed and anxious and, 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 and feel sorry for myself and feel like the victim. Or I can be angry and own that anger. I'm angry. I'm pissed off. I'm wild. Watch out, world. I'm coming for you. Watch out, life. I'm coming for you. And that's what I did. I applied that frustration, anger, that burn, and I applied it. Mm. And that's what I teach now. I, I teach women how to apply that 
anger, that frustration, that trauma, how do I use that trauma as fuel to really be successful? Whatever successful means to them. You know, some people don't want to box. Yes. Some women don't want to fight. Sure. But learning boxing doesn't mean you have to fight. Yes. It just gives you that, gives you that oomph. It gives you that confidence. It gives you that not victim mentality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So how often do you take people like that? I mean, do you have, how do people no. reach to you? Okay. So I only take groups of women um, and I've got enrollments four times a year. Um, I should have one coming up at the end of the year. And I work with that group of women closely for mm. eight weeks. And mm. I mean, just talking every day, training at least three days a week, but talking every day. And what we do is mindset coaching for two weeks, intense for the first two weeks where we coach every day. Mm. Then after that, we talk nutrition and how to fuel our body for success fuel our body for exercise fuel our body to feel strong fuel our body so we are confident mm. and then at that point we apply boxing the physical side of it the training okay how do we box what does it mean what is a jab what is a cross what do we do with our hands why do we do that with our hands how do we move our body um, we talk about perspective because perspective in life and in boxing is very similar okay if I'm standing front on to a, a certain scenario or difficult situation I can only see that situation but if mm. I step this way or if I step that way my perspective has now changed my angle in boxing has now changed I have now new openings mm. for me to pursue so it's very much in line with how I would fight in how I live my life and how I apply the course with the girls um, and like I said they're my ladies because everyone that ends up coming to me I end up getting very attached to because we share our trauma Yes. And in that first two weeks, we share our trauma. Um, and when you share your trauma and you're very transparent and very open and very honest and very, um, you just, you can't help but make connections. Mm. And then once those connections are formed, they trust me, I yep. trust them, and it works. Yep. Um, and yeah, as I said, I take those ladies on maybe four times a year. And then, yeah, that's it sort of thing. That's, I don't really do personal training sessions. I don't do, you know, I, I'm not that person. You know, people, I've done that before. I've been in the industry a long time. Um, I've had women and men come to me and say, you know, I want to lose weight and I'll train them, but they lose their focus because their mindset's not in the right state. Mm. I haven't got them in that right headspace. So they'll come to me for two months. They'll lose the weight. They'll go off because they think, oh, great, I've lost the weight. They'll go back to their normal ways. They'll put it all back on. They'll come back to me in six months' time. I was done with that kind of stuff. I really wanted to make an impact mm. in women's lives. I really wanted to see them change. Like I wanted to see a lifestyle change. I wanted them not to have these things. Okay, I'm feeling good about myself because I've lost weight. What does that mean? Why? Why can't you feel good about yourself all the time? Yep. You know, I want a more steady I want you to be content, proud, and, and feel successful in your life every day, not just sometimes. Mm. Um, so I stopped promoting myself as a personal trainer. I stopped promoting myself as a boxing coach only. And now I, I call it the, the equation. I do all three. We talk about your mindset. Then we talk about your health as far as nutrition goes. And then I'm going to teach you to fight. Whether you step into the ring or not does not matter. I teach mm -hmm. you to fight. Mm. That's nice. That's awesome. So when you were training, when you are getting trained or like when you are training somebody, was there any moments that 
come back comes back to you like flashes like a ptsd kind of a moment where there's any moment like that and what do you exactly do to come out no my answer is no not anymore at some points and i don't i don't say um flashback moments but there are definitely times in the past and even now uh, my father passed away only 13 months ago uh and that was so difficult for me um because he was so close to me and like i said before we are very similar people um the apple does not fall far from the tree um and there are definitely moments where you are sad and that is just another emotion anger is just an emotion it's being able to recognize it acknowledge it own it and do something with it there are so many times i'm here in the gym and i'm skipping and i've got my my rocky team music on or whatever music i've got on in my headphones and i'm skipping i've got tears pouring down my face from whatever i'm thinking at that moment or whatever moment i'm reliving but i'm doing something with it i'm either hitting a bag or i'm skipping or i'm lifting weights or i'm helping someone else i'm not scared of my emotions mm I really I'm not scared of them they're there for a reason I acknowledge it and I own it and I do something with it and for that PTSD sometimes I think oh have I suffered from that I'm like well if I have I don't know I have because I've always done something with it it's mm. that fighter's mindset again okay shit has happened to me but I'm not that victim I'm not going to allow that victim mentality to creep in I'm going to do something and I don't care if I'm sad while I'm doing it I can mm. accept that yes. I can accept crying Yes. I can accept being angry. I can even accept wanting to break things. Mm. Yeah, because you're angry and frustrated. Accept it, own it and then do something with it. Don't sit in your own mess. Yep. You know. Yep. So true. Yeah. So when you are coaching somebody or even if you wanted to tell to the audience like what are the core values or the thought process that you need to actually change when you wanted to have the change in your life? when people want to have a change in their life and they finally do seek me out they at that point um i often say people and ladies i'll go ladies cuz i deal with ladies now ladies that seek me out are ready for change they're not the ladies that are umming and ahhing still they they you know they might be in a domestic violence relationship they might be having issues and they're continually going through their trauma but they're still one step behind hmm. i'm here for the ladies who have experienced and they're like right I am sick of this. I'm ready. I want to take it to that next level. I want more out of life. Not more money. I want more. I I want more. I want more things. I want more experiences. I want more excitement. I want more. I just want more. Um they're the ladies I deal with. So I take them from that point where they're like I'm stuck. I don't know how to move forward. I know I want to. I just don't know how. Mm. They're the ladies that I work with and I get them over that line. um and get them really inspired and and excited and and really proud of themselves. Mm. Um I've got one client who has been a drug addict for 20 years and she's come on board about 3 months ago. Mm. Actually she's just done her 100 days clean. Um and she was ready. And this is the thing, people will seek me out when they're ready. Um I'm a big believer that the teacher will appear when you're ready to learn. Yeah. So when you are ready, the right person will cross your path. Yes. I might be that person, I might not, but that teacher will appear. Yeah. When yeah. it's time. Yep, agreed. So And like it's happened to me many times in my life too. You know, I, I might be going through a really difficult situation. Um that coach one time said that, my dad another time, you know, I've changed another boxing coach. That person will appear when the time is there. Yep. 
Yep, that's so true. So if you have to tell the audience like what needs to be changed at the very beginning stages of your life if you want to change, what that one thing that you can suggest? So if you want to change, mm-hmm. okay? The first thing you need to do is find the right person. Mm-hmm. Research. Mm-hmm. Research. Listen to people's stories. Follow them. Talk to them. Don't just come in and go, oh, that sounds like a cheap deal. That deal sounds good. They sound like a good coach because of the money or whatever, right? Really look into that person. See if there's a connection. Because if there is a connection, that person will guide you successfully. If there is no connection, forget about it. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Um, So I say to people, and I often say to people, even when they invite me to do podcasts or something, I say, well, go to my website. And I tell them my website, I said, go there, look at my story and see if I'm the right person for what you're looking for. And I say that to clients before they they go, oh, I want to sign up. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not sign up for anything yet. Go look if I'm the right person for you. Hmm. See if you have a connection with me. If you find something about me that you can connect with, well, then I'm the coach for you. If not, don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. There is someone out there, but it's someone else. Amazing. I love that. I love the way you are telling that. Like, I have heard coaches, a lot of people, I mean, getting into this podcast, uh, I, I've been interviewing with a lot of people. It's not yeah. like I select every one of them, as you just mentioned. Yeah. It's not like I'm getting connected with every one of them, but there are very, very little people, I mean, very few of them who actually like talk the way you are explaining. Like, there will be somebody out there to help you that might be me or someone else. So first yeah. look into them and see the connection and then come back. That is really, really amazing the way you're explaining that. That's what I always say because I don't do this for the money. I don't do boxing for the money. Yes. I never have done boxing for the money. I do boxing because it's my passion. I, I do boxing because it, it saves me. Mm. So. That's amazing. That's amazing to hear you saying that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. No worries. You made me cheer up, see? I meant to be a tough guy. <laughs> you you are really amazing. I mean, as I just mentioned, I've I've been talking, I think I've spoke almost like around 60 or 70 people who actually yeah. talk about like they are coaching everywhere and they are talking about everything. And at the end of it, everybody starts talking about their programs and things like that. I have heard very few saying like, yes, this is my passion here. I'm, I'm here to help other people is very, very less. And I really, really like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to collect the words to even say like, yeah, it, it's so great to meet you like this. And like I said, your story. I have this effect on people because I do connect with people and I won't, I won't take anybody on. I really am true to who I connect with and I allow them in. And when they are in, they have all of me. So that's why I'm careful with who I select. Um, and that's, that is how I stay true to my core values. That's how I feel successful. And that's how I want my kids to grow up, be passionate. Like I said, if there is anyone out there that has been listening to this podcast, any women, who do feel that connection with me, then I say, go to my website. Like I say to everybody, go to my website, www.mimtheresi.com. Look at my videos. 
research me, look more into it. If you think that there's a connection there, then contact me. Mm. I'm happy to talk. I'm really happy to talk. Thank well, you. thank you very much. It's been a great opportunity. Like I said, I don't usually tear up, but you know, I try and I try and you know be the fighter and always be strong and stuff. But everyone says this. They're like, Nim, you you're such a, a tough badass on the outside, but deep down you are very I can you're very that. passionate and, and true. Okay, thank you for tuning in and you can find me on all the socials at Smitha Guntori and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.